The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Father Stew, where we will discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of this movie. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hey, Joanne. Hey, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. Hi, Dom, but this isn't Secrets of Technology. Uh, no. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Apparently not. Yes, if, you, uh, if you're not yet subscribed to The Secrets of Technology, you can also hear us uh, once a month together on The Secrets of Technology. We're, we're a panel on that show as well. But uh, this time we're talking about movies. And uh, before we get into it, I want to remember uh, re- remind folks to like The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows on our Facebook page which is facebook.com slash Starquest Media. Retweet the show on Twitter, where we're at SQPN, and uh, leave us comments in wherever you find us on social media. We love to hear from you and see what you think of the show. I want to tell you about another show on the Starquest Network you're sure to enjoy called The Secrets of Doctor Who. You can find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Doctor Who. So let me give a quick recap. So you may be having a little deja stew here because, sorry, because (laughs) uh, when this movie first came out, this Mark Wahlberg 2022 film came out a few months ago, as as you uh, are hearing this, uh, we have Father Chip Hines and I, we did a coffee and cinema about it. That's where we go to the movies. And when we come out, we give our first impressions and give a quick, you know, reflection on what we just saw. But we wanted to sit down, uh, you know, with Joanne and Father Corey and, do something a little uh, more in, in depth. So uh, that's why you're hearing this again, because this is a special movie. This is a, you know, right up our alley, uh, so to speak. Uh, and uh, we'll get into the topics and the themes of the of the movie in a, in a second. But I just want to give a quick recap of what happens just to remind us of what goes on in this movie. It's based on the true story of Stuart Long. He was an amateur boxer and a layabout, angry at God for the death of his brother and his parents' bad relationship. Uh, He moves from Montana to Hollywood to become an actor, uh, but his career goes nowhere. Uh, Meanwhile, he falls for a Catholic girl who initially isn't interested in him, and in part because faith isn't a part of his life. So he starts attending mass to get close to her. Eventually, she relents. They date. He starts attending RCIA. One night in a bar, a mysterious man gives him life advice and tells him not to drive home, but he does anyway, gets in a motorcycle accident, sees the Blessed Mother, and ends up in the hospital. Uh, That's quite a night. (laughs) After Stu and his girlfriend Carmen uh, have relations outside of marriage, they both regret it. He goes to confession. He starts a transformation. He starts to feel called to the priesthood, talks his way into seminary, but then falls ill with a degenerative disease and then unable to continue in seminary, he moves back to Montana. But then the Bishop of Helena agrees to ordain him. He ends up in a nursing home where people flock to him every day and Father Stu dies at the young age of 50. So that's the movie. Uh, and I just want to emphasize that's the movie synopsis. Father Stu's life is a little different. We'll get a little into that. Uh, Father Corey, you are a priest in Montana, but a different oh, diocese. Yes. Uh, yes. But, but you knew Father Stu, right? Yeah, so um, you know, for the, for record, and um, I'm the diocese of Great Falls Billings, which is the eastern two thirds state of Montana. Father Stu was ordained for the diocese of Helena, which is the western third of the state. It's the more populated side as a whole, uh, but it's a much smaller area. 
uh, still pretty rural. Uh, so, but yeah, I knew him very briefly. We did a year together at Mount Angel Seminary yeah, out near Portland, Oregon. It's between Portland and Salem, Oregon. Uh, beautiful Willamette Valley, beautiful area. Um, and my last year, is, as I recall, my last year there, my fourth year of college studies there was his first year of theology studies there. So it was right before he started showing the symptoms of his disease. Hmm. Um, is when I knew him. I didn't know him well because, you know, it's like any school, it's any university. You've got people around you that you'll see every day and you'll get to know them well. And you've got people around you you might see once in a while. And even in a small place like a seminary, uh, even though he was from the Diocese of Helen, the other Montana diocese, I didn't spend, get a chance to spend a lot of time with him, which I kind of regret now, uh, now that I know more of his story. But yeah, so I did know him a little bit. And I also have heard stories from people in this area about him after he was ordained. So okay. as well. Yeah, I, I'm curious about the timeline and we'll maybe we'll get into that as we talk about his story uh because the timeline in the movie is a little confusing and certainly mm -hmm. uh is a little suspect from a rea from someone who knows something about how the church works and how ordination right. and all that sort of stuff works but we can get into that as we as we go along uh, but it is nice to have your perspective as someone who's familiar with yeah. both the area and, and the man and I will say, you know, both timeline and locations were uh, compressed. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, I, I can tell on that one, too. Uh, so the movie condenses much of his life, especially like you mentioned, his his training to become a priest, his seminary formation. Um, and I looked it up and he actually went to college and earned a bachelor's in writing before oh, going to seminary like this. It looks got, like he, he goes from acting, you know, acting in commercials to write to seminary. Well, he he actually, before he left Montana, went to Carroll College, which is a which is owned by the Diocese of Helena. So it is a it is a university in Helena, Montana, owned by the diocese. So it's a Catholic di a Catholic uh, university and got his his uh, bachelor's degree. Uh, so he actually went by the time he went to Cal and eventually got a master's degree, too. Oh, wow. So, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't uneducated. He wasn't stupid or anything like that. He just was kind of a don't give a darn type of person. <laughs> yeah. He, he, the movie really makes him look very like blue collar, you know, rough and ready sort of guy. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that was the idea is like the contrast before and after conversion. Um, well, he, he comes, he comes from a family that was blue collar. His dad yeah. was a heavy equipment worker who traveled the country. Right. And uh, played by Mel Gibson in the movie. What what did you guys think? Just to start with that. What did you guys think of the portrayals? Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson, uh, especially, but even the other actors. Uh, what would you think of uh, Joanne? What did you think of both Mark and Mel? Um, I want to go straight to the mother was a riot. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do, because she was your your typical. I almost want to say your typical stereotypical. Yeah. Um, Catholic woman, you know, like, you know, I, I, especially when he says I'm, I'm going to be a priest and she says for Halloween, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it, it never registers with her that this is what he wants to do. Right. So, but I think I, you know, I, I, I like portrayals that are close to what I see every day rather than what we've been depicted as, as Catholics in film. For a very mm -hmm. long time. And I've got to go straight to going my way. Right. Oh, because yeah. that was like the, of course, it was of its time, but it was so romanticized. 
you know, mm-hmm. and this is anything but, mm-hmm. you know, I've known, I've known priests like Father Stu, you know, <laughs> right. in their speech <laughs> and in some of their mannerisms, maybe not as, as intense, but that's real. And that to me is a better portrayal because that's what God uses. He uses the ordinary. He uses the un, un, unvarnished, you know, in this mm-hmm. world to do his work. So it, I, I really enjoyed that he tried to, Mark tried to keep really close to that earthiness mm-hmm. in Catholics instead of romanticizing it. Yeah. Was his family Catholic? Like, was he... Like I gather he was not, their family wasn't anything before, right? So as I understand it, and there have been, of course, because this is about a person who's from this area, there have been a lot of local articles about it. And it's from what I understand, if I remember correctly, his dad actually was baptized Catholic, however, okay. never practiced. His mom was not. Okay. If I remember correctly, that she was... Might have been a Christian or, you know, but again, nope, there it was, it was a family that had absolutely no practice of the faith whatsoever. Interesting. Although he had the middle name of Ignatius, which is kind of interesting. That's uh, kind of a, uh, I'm looking at his, uh, I am uh, his Wikipedia biographical article. Uh, but sure. I, but I think the generation that his parents came from still understood what Christianity, God fearing people were. Sure. At mm-hmm. the time, so it wouldn't yeah. be as alien as it would be probably now, right? To some folks, they would be like my parents' generation. I bet something around mm. the, those lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it. I just I have to say it because it's it's in his bio. He was sent to Franciscan University of Steubenville. Just so, just you know, just mention <laughs> for a master of philosophy degree. Just, you know, okay, may as well. Um, well, and that's the other. The interesting thing is, is. Well, let's talk about his, his, you know, he, I, I kind of want to talk about the man and his actual life, but I want to talk about the movie too. So it's, but, I, I'm kind of torn between them. Well, one thing I do want to mention going, going back to the portrayal real or the portrayal real quick is yeah. they sound a lot like a lot of Montanans. I know. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, yeah. Cause there were people, I remember reading, you know, comments and articles that were really upset about the language in it. And it was really rough and, you know, profane and everything's like, these are Montanans. This is what people in Montana sounds like. Believe me, those of you who've heard me on the podcasts, I don't always talk the same way I do on the podcast. <laughs> I'm generally very pretty careful about my language and on purpose because, believe me, I could probably sound a lot like Father Stu if, if I <laughs> didn't. Don't feel bad. We all do. And, it, and uh, yeah. it, I'm not proud of the fact that I can sound like a truck driver at times, but... <laughs> It's it's one of those things. Again, it's where we are as human beings and how mm. God uses the good, the bad and the ugly of all of us. So t- to see it, I really appreciate it. That's why I love this movie so much. One of the things people often complain about is, is that they feel like movies like this or stories like this might glorify the bad, saying it's OK to do the bad things because, you know, if as long as you have time to convert or be better later. But I don't think that's what's going on here. I think Mm -hmm. people are people. I mean, we, we like to think that, you know, holy people are the, are on a pedestal. They do no wrong. They never say a bad word. They never have a bad day. That's not true. I mean, all three of us have uh, father, obviously, but the three of us have worked in the church for many Mm -hmm. years. And Mm -hmm. we know that working in the church a lot, you know, there are a lot of holy people, good people 
but they're regular people. Yep. <laughs> they right. have they they you oh, know, yeah. it's it's they're just like everybody else, frankly. And and so that's an important uh, thing to keep in mind. Exactly. Yeah, we it's it, we are real. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I know people want to put you know, you they want to put something else on it so it can look better, so it can be attractive. But I deal with folks coming into the church, as I'm sure Father does, mm-hmm. and these people are so regular, and they yeah. are, you know, they come from all walks of life. And I thought it was funny, you know. He he said, he said, oh, to date you, I just got to become Catholic. Well, well, sign me up, you know, <laughs> yeah. and. and I wouldn't put past a few of the people that I've well, met in my life in the RCIA that were thinking the same thing. That is not an mm-hmm. uncommon reason for people to enter RCIA. That is, in fact, oh, yeah. it might be one of the most common reasons is I want to get married to a Catholic in, in a mm-hmm. Catholic church. Uh, so I'm going to go through yep. this for that sake. Right. You know, God takes you whichever door you come in. <laughs> oh, yeah. He'll work with whatever you give him. And, exactly. And I th- the thing is, is, I think like a portrayal like this makes it, the church more accessible. You know, if all we have is saccharine, you know, soft filter saint stories that, you know, mm-hmm. in the, in the movies or in TV that, you know, I mean, it's, it's fine, but, that, but it feels unapproachable. I could never be mm-hmm. that. Most people will say, well, you don't have to be that, you know, God takes right. us all. He takes, takes the, the, uh, the, the, the uh, clean and the dirty, the, the, the uh, clean mouth and the dirty mouth, you know, the, all of us, yep. he wants us all to come in. Uh, and the saints were all like that too. The saints are all kinds of people. And that's, that's the best thing about the church is, is that it's everyone. Oh yeah. Well, it, it's, you know, it, I, I always get a kick out of when we're reading the scriptures, you know, our holy book, the book that, you know, we pray over, we learn from, we follow to follow our Lord. And we, I think we miss so much of the humanity in it, mm-hmm. in the scriptures. You know, we'll talk about, I had a professor once who, you know, said our, our Lord had a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's sitting at the well, you know, waiting for, you know, the woman from Samaritan, from Samaria to come back. Do you think maybe he splashed Peter? <laughs> yeah. You know, right. Our, you know, he we know he laughed. We know he had a good sense of humor. I mean, how who doesn't have a good sense of humor saying they ran out of wine? Yeah. OK, fine. Fill four giant jugs of water and <laughs> turned it into wine. I mean, that's the best party trick ever. Actually, one of my favorite scripture readings of of, of the whole Bible was in the in the, uh, the mass this past week as we're recording was this is the story oh. of Elijah and the priest of Baal. You know, oh, yeah. where, where Elijah's like, uh, you know, the he wants to prove that God is real. So he has the priest of Baal and like you pick the best calf, whichever you want. You sacrifice it. You call down fire, burn it up, have Baal to do all that stuff. And I'll just be by myself over here. And they're there for like hours and hours and hours and nothing happens. And he's like starts taunting them. Hey, yeah. uh, have you, you know, is, do you think maybe he's out? Pray louder. Maybe he's sleeping. And actually the translation of one of the, uh, the lines could, could yeah. be seen as maybe he's in the bathroom. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's just, he's on the latrine. Yeah. He's taunting <laughs> them. And then he's like, okay, you done. Okay. Lord. And then whom <laughs> it's like yeah. burns everything, oh, including the altar down to like turns the sand into glass. I mean, just and, everything and, and water in yeah. water. He had them dump like jugs and jugs and jugs of water till like a trench was full <laughs> and it just poof, gone. And it's just the funniest story. My wife was reading it to the kids, uh, you know, as part of our homeschool this week. And I just like I had to stop and listen because I just love. And it's so like the Bible is full of these fun stories. I call it the first barbecue mm-hmm. competition, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> 
go. <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, I, I guess it doesn't sound like we're talking about the movie, but we kind of are because this sort of movie is that that sort right. of it's got a sense of humor. It's got some reality to it. It feels real. It, it's an open door. And if we can just get people to watch it and enjoy it, they can ask questions about it and they can say, well, what is it that made Stuart Long change everything about his life? It wasn't right. just a girl. It was something else. And I think that's what makes a movie like this so good. Well, and, and look at his parents, too. You know, they were pretty rough and tumble and they were pretty, you know, again, they're not portrayed exactly as his parents were. But they, I mean, they were still they were they were not saintly people, right. at least as they were portrayed. But they changed. Right. They got back throughout together. the course of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the course of the movie, you know, and, and that that shows that, you know, if you're like Bill Long, if you're this guy who you're drinking and smoking and you work hard and you drink hard and you smoke hard, you can change, too. Mm -hmm. You can be a saint, too. Right. Right. Everyone can. Yes. And that's what get that sometimes gets lost nowadays. I think it's only for the super holy. The porcelain yeah. saints. Yes. I want to talk a bit about the St. Paul moment in this movie, that that central axis mm -hmm. that the movie turns on, which is Stuart goes to this bar and uh, he just did he just get fired? I think it was like it was like some crisis moment for him. And he was mm. he was really upset and he just wanted to drink. And so he's drinking mm -hmm. at the bar and this guy comes up to him and starts talking to this bar fly, you know, and it's like, and I don't remember exactly. I've only seen it the once. So I don't remember exactly the dialogue, but as I'm watching him going, wait, this guy knows too much. And it's like, he's yeah. got that beard thing going on. Is that Jesus in the bar? <laughs> yeah. and I, and in fact, I nudged and, Father Chip. I said, it's Jesus in the bar. He's like, I know, I know. <laughs> and and yeah. see, I wasn't, I wasn't going down the Jesus route only because I, I own nine years of Touched by an Angel. Oh, yes. So yeah, I was going go. into, is this a, an angelic being trying to warn him that mm -hmm. he, because of course they can't get in the middle of things. Yep. You know, it was trying to warn him that something could happen. And yeah, that whole sequence of him going on his motorcycle and and oh. hitting the and hitting the car and then getting run over. Which I, actually I happened, if, by the way. He got run over right, after hitting yeah. the car. Yeah. Right. I wonder if that would have it is the modern, you know, Paul getting knocked off of his horse. He got knocked off his mm -hmm. Harley. He got knocked off exactly. a horse. Yeah. And as well, he probably wasn't a Harley, he couldn't have afforded one. No, that probably point. not. Probably not. Was. <laughs> but he's he's laying there on the ground in the, you know, on the on the street and he has this a woman approach him and from his own memory it's it's the Virgin Mary. And she's, you know, basically mm -hmm. calling him, calling him to conversion, mm -hmm. calling him to give his life to God. Uh, at this moment where he could lose his life, it's 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 hanging by a thread. And that's the moment. That's the call that he felt so like yeah. before this. He's he's in love with Carmen, his girlfriend that he converted for. And they're thinking about marriage and that's all this stuff like that. But it turns but it turns on this and he doesn't even particularly want to be a priest, you know, but mm. he feels this call and he and, and he wasn't even really sure what it meant to be a priest. You know, again, he's still a baby Christian. At, in the movie, at least at this point, but he couldn't ignore that that call. And if there's one thing that Stewart in this movie, it's you know is 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 really uh, admirable about him is he's he when he's encounters something that he finds interesting, intriguing, or desirable, he goes for it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a guy who holds back. He went to California to become an actor against all odds. You know, he goes after yeah. this girl, this really nice Catholic girl against all odds because he's not the nice Catholic girl kind of guy. You know, I mean, <laughs> so it's just one of the things I really liked about him in this movie is that he just is the kind of guy. Just go for it. You know? Yeah. And then he wa- and then he has these two friends. Yes. You know, and, it, and it's yeah. almost like the two sides of the church. Yes. Yeah. Him and Jacob, right? Is that the name? The No, him? I think it's, is it Ham and. Yeah. He, uh, Ham is the, is the, is the friend who's encouraging. And Jacob right. is the guy who's kind of the right. really holier than thou seminarian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ham and Jacob. I've which, met those guys too. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. They really are <laughs> uh, stereotypes. Yeah. But, but they and, walk with him and that's. Yes. Yeah. You know, again, one of them. One of them Sorry, one of them a little more reluctantly than the other, shall we say? Yes. Yeah. In fact, we get a really interesting scene at the end of the movie where Jacob, he resents Stu for how Mm -hmm. easy it appears all this comes to him because he confesses later at the end of the movie after Stu's ordination that Jacob's father pressured him to become a priest. And he felt like a fraud because of it, because he didn't really want to be a priest. It was his father's dream. And Stuart mm-hmm. tells him he shouldn't feel compelled to do something God isn't calling him to do, which is mm-hmm. interesting coming from Stu, which is because he he does the things that he feels God calls him to do. You know, it's so this, it's that authenticity that comes across in this movie. So, um, yeah, so we have this St. Paul moment, his call to the priesthood. And uh, now, again, this isn't how it happens in real life, but he decides, OK, so I'm going to go to the seminary and demand to be uh, admitted. <laughs> and of course it's not the right seminary, right? Father. It's it's not how it, it works. It is not. Yeah. No. no. And I mean, and, and kind of explain, you know, when, when you, when, especially a diocesan priest or to become a priest, you have to be part of a diocese or an order and to be a secular priest, a diet, what we call diocesan priest more commonly, you have to be sponsored by a, a, a diocese. Like I was, you know, my, my diocese sponsored me through seminary and, and Helena sponsored him. And I, I can tell you, by the way, the, the rector of Mount Angel Seminary, where again, Stu and I both attended, is not as cool as Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> Who is? <laughs> Father, if you happen to hear this, I hate to break it to you. You weren't as cool as Malcolm McDowell. I'm sorry. No, um, good priest. Very, very good man. But, you know, yeah, definitely not a Malcolm McDowell character. But um. But yeah, in the seminary decides where you go. Like you mentioned, Dom, he went to Franciscan for a couple of years to do, I'm guessing, for his pre-theology. Well, no, so he, the interesting thing is it took him 10 years from the decision to to pursue the priesthood to get ordained. He First, he taught in a Catholic school for several years. Mm-hmm. Then he went to New York City to work with the Capuchins, the uh, father. Oh, um, the CFRs. Yeah, the CFRs, the, the Franciscans of the Renewal. Father, um, mm-hmm. he died. What's Rochelle. his name? Which one? Rochelle. Oh, Father Grishel, yes. Uh, and they sent him to Steubenville to get his master's in philosophy. Okay. So that's why he was in Steubenville. And then he went to seminary in Oregon where where you were. Right. Him. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's, okay, yeah, that that explains it because he, he came into Mount Angel as theology. And so that would explain it if he had the master's of philosophy because the college program that I did is a philosophy basics program. Yeah. Um. So so, so you do a like a, like a four-year college degree to get a philosophy degree and then you do another what's it four six years of four years four years. four years so it depends on 
how you come in. Like I said, I didn't have a, a bachelor's degree at all. Okay. Because I went to the Air Force right out of high school. So I had to do four years of philosophy, get my BA in BSing, as I call it, BA in <laughs> philosophy. Um, and then I went on to theology, which is four years. So it's eight years total if you don't have it's gonna and by the way, this is changing now because of the new program of priestly formation. Oh yeah. Uh where now they have to do what they call a perpetuic year. Where it's a, a prayer, what? a year of prayer, a spiritual year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. They also have to do some mm. of their diaconate work in the diocese, not at seminary. Nice. About in my last year at Mundelein in Chicago, where I did my theology studies, was as a deacon, and I I worked in a parish in that area. Uh, the only the only what you could call rural parish in the entire archdiocese of Chicago, because <laughs> it was the far northwestern corner where the the church was next to a cornfield oh nice, nice. To give you a little taste so, of what you'd be getting in uh, montana i guess yeah and I, <laughs> I, I told the seminary you can't put me like in you know downtown chicago or inner city chicago it's not going to fit my life as a priest right and they worked with me which great yeah. i appreciate that so that's if you don't have a college degree if you have a college degree but it's not a philosophy degree you have to do a pre-theology program which is usually two years of philosophy studies before you go into theology right in Father Sue's case, because he had, I'm assuming because he had that master's degree in philosophy, he could just go on to the theology studies, the four years of theology studies. Okay. okay. Now that was well after he, he was in Steubenville well after I was there. I was, it's probably, probably more than a decade and a half after I was there. But, um, so that's interesting how they compressed it all, you know, Mm -hmm. for the sake of a movie. I mean, you're just going to do that. It would have been way too long otherwise. And the fact is, is, up to this point, this is a really interesting, you know, conversion story. But yeah. but then we have the disease that he suffers from, which was it's called inclusion body myositis, I think is inclusion body myositis, which is similar to Lou Gehrig's disease, which is what mm-hmm. more people would have know, heard of and known um, where the it has no cure. And it, you basically end up your your muscles, mm-hmm. I think, end up just atrophying and like you can't. Mm-hmm. Use them and and that sort of stuff, and you probably you, you kind of die of suffocation. It's a, it's not a nice way to die. No, it, no. it's not. My mother in law had polymyositis, ah, which is set, which is in the same family, and yeah, it's she she slowly lost the ability to use her muscles, and it was it just reminded me of all that when I was watching. It's like wow, that's what Rita had, yeah, or, or similar. So yeah, it's very rare too. It's not a genetic right. thing. It just, they don't know how it, how somebody gets it. And for, for him, mm. he got it young. Like he, he, the, the, mm. he was unusually young. It's usually people much yep. older get it. Yeah. So, she was, she was well, around 50 when she, when she started about 50. Yeah. And then yeah. she was 65 when she died. So I think he was around 40 when he started showing signs. Yeah. I think is what mm. they said. And the movie kind of portrays this as a positive overall thing, you know, in, in the sense of for, for Stu, I mean, he's he's we have a scene of him being angry at God. He's in the chapel. Like, why did you call mm-hmm. me to the priesthood only to give me this disease? And, and there's this dramatic scene of him like laying on the floor of the chapel, crawling his way to the foot of the altar. Mm-hmm. I mean, very evocative mm-hmm. scene. Well, and it, it's it was a parallel to when he met Carmen's parents, and uh, he, yeah. the father said, "Is you know, in my home country, people crawl the length of the church to the to the Virgin to Virgin mm. Mary. I want you to have that same devotion to my daughter." Yeah, and then you have that parallel where he crawled 
literally to the virgin. Mm -hmm. Right, right. That's true. That's true. Uh, So in one, you know, in that one scene, he's angry at God and it's okay. Like, it's okay to be angry at God. He could take it. He's, he's, you know, he's a big boy. He can, he could take our anger. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the anger. Like we can be angry at people we love. It's when anger turns to hate, that is the problem. Right. You can't let anger become hate. Hate leads to suffering, suffering. You know, sorry, that's the dark side of the Thanks, horse. Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but Pete, there are a lot of people, good people, who think that they cannot get angry at God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've been in many, many situations talking to people about that. I'm like, no, no, you can just as, as long as it's constructive, like you would get angry at a spouse or a child. Yep. You know you still love them, but you have a passion that is... You know, you're you're trying to get out your emotions and and deal with something. I, I mean, I've yelled at God so much. I'm I'm surprised he's wearing earmuffs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just oh, I, I get it. Been there, done that. You know, yeah. but he still loves me anyway. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> as long as you come back in love, that's the thing. Is as, right. as long as you yeah. as long as you make up later, and that's the thing. And that's what Stu does in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, his disease that he suffers helps heal his relationship with his dad. And heals his parents' relationship because them coming to take care of their son again, like he when he was uh, like when you're a little child, you know, your parents didn't care mm-hmm. of you. It reminded them of that relationship. Also reminded them of the son that they had lost. His that's one of the reasons yeah. he was angry at God mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie is because his brother had died at four years old from a a different disease uh, or six, I think it was of a different disease, and uh, this his illness. So that was the thing that kind of drove the family apart. His brother's death, his illness is what brought the family back together. And it's sort mm-hmm. of, and there's sort of a parallelism there. Um, and, and, and it was, it was really interesting to see how like Mel Gibson plays a real good cranky old man. Like he's just yes, really, he does. he's gotten really good at it. I've seen him in several movies now where he plays just this cranky old dude. And, and, uh, and, and, and he, but it's, it's interesting to see him change in this movie. Mm-hmm. And one thing to point out is they never got a divorce. They were Sue's parents either in the movie or in real life, never got a divorce. Now, uh, again, according to some of the articles I've seen here is the relationship and the family was better than what it portrayed. He was, his dad was gone quite a bit because he he would travel doing heavy construction work, doing heavy equipment work, but um, it wasn't as bad as it was portrayed. It was amped up a little bit, Mm. but they never got a divorce. They, They were married the whole time. Oh, and I, that's where that's where that's where the dad says so I'm like you're you're not the only one who can keep a vow. Right, right. But I also think knowing the individuals, um, both Gibson and Wahlberg being Catholic, yep. they mm-hmm. know something a little bit something about redemptive suffering. Sure. Yep. So and in a world where and I was just discussing this today with my Bible study, in a world where people want to end suffering to the nth degree so that even even if something becomes uncomfortable you take something for it people don't realize that suffering sometimes is not for you it's for someone else and i mean his suffering brought his parents back together his suffering brought people other people to christ because they saw him suffering and saw how he handled it so it's well, very, it, it's almost, it, it almost recalls Pope John Paul II, his suffering, you know, was yes. showing the world how to suffer, how to suffer. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, it, and that it was not lost on me at all. 
And that, that scene at the end where it was the Big Sky Care Center, which mm-hmm. is a care center in Helena where he went, um, where it shows that everybody's there to visit him, that actually happened. Where wow. people would go to him, we'd just line up and he'd hear confessions all day. Wow. As long wow. as he could. Yeah. So, I mean, that that actually did happen. And, you know, talking about suffering, of course, you know, uh, if you've not read the book of Job, I highly recommend it. Oh, you know, yeah. It very much shows there that. And go. it includes, there's a point where Job is like, okay, I'm done. He doesn't curse God and die like his, all his great friends tell him to do, which is great. Good, great good advice. advice, friends. Tell yeah, God to really. curse God and die. Nobody. Job lets God have it. Job's like, you know, what are you doing? You know, I've been faithful to you. And then, of course, God says, where were you when I created the earth? Where were you when I created the mountains and the waves? And Job goes, yeah, I I spoke enough. I'm going to shut up now. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. But, you know, I have in my notes something I was thinking about, which is that we all have suffering. We all suffer. Everyone Mm -hmm. suffers to uh, Mm -hmm. one degree or another. We all get knocked down. We all have setbacks in life, just like just like Father Stu does. And that's, again, another reason why this movie resonates is he gets like literally get knocked down in the beginning of the movie when he's boxing. But in, yep. but in general, he he takes he takes hits over and over and over again. He keeps getting back up. And so the question for us is, you know, how do we not only get up after we get knocked down, but how do we find purpose in it? Like mm-hmm. the, the, there is purpose in the getting up again. The purpose in is in the there, there is purpose in going forward again and whatever holds us back. And and I think that's one of the essential themes of this movie is this idea of yes. that there is there is always purpose in in, in setting one foot in front of the other and going forward, there's always a reason to keep going. And I think that was what is great. And I think that's one of the things that like Mark Wahlberg. So he's from Boston, like I am. And, uh, and, and I, I say that not just as someone who's in suburbs, but like I, I, I was born in Boston. So just yeah. for my creds, I have cred. And, uh, okay. <laughs> but Wahlberg is, uh, he's a fairly, as far as as far as you know, I mean, who knows what's in someone's heart? But it, from the exterior, he is a, a practicing Catholic. He goes to mass, you know, regularly, prays a rosary. You know, he's not shy about sharing his faith with others. Mm-hmm. I've known several priests of the Archdiocese of Boston who've known him, who he's consulted with. In fact, uh, one of the consultants on this film was a priest of the Archdiocese. I'm pretty sure. I think I thought I saw his mm-hmm. name in the in the credits, and mm-hmm. um, and so. You know, he's and he's also had a rough upbringing. He 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 got mm-hmm. in trouble with the law. He was a wild child. You know, we, it's a famous story. We all we all know this mm. this story. And uh, so it's it's interesting to see that this became such a passion project for him. And I feel like a lot of what we saw on the screen came right out of Mark Wahlberg's own life in some ways. It's just, mm-hmm. it felt true in that sense. Well, I think his commitment to it, mm-hmm. you know, he was very, I mean, he put up his own money from what I understand. Yep. He yes. put up his own money for this. They shot it in 30 days. It was in the middle of a pandemic, which is in and of itself, mm-hmm. you know, remarkable. Um, but I think any, it took him what, six years to get it off the ground. He I mean, started in 2016. Pe- yeah. Yeah. Most people in Hollywood would have said, I'm done. You know, I can't get this moving. Forget it. Pandemic. Right. But he kept because he was so moved by the story mm-hmm. yeah. that he felt that he needed to get this in front of as many people as possible. 
Yeah, apparently he first heard about this in 2016 when he was out to dinner with a couple of priest friends. Uh, one of them who kept pitching, he says, uh, this was from an interview with Raymond Arroyo and uh, EWTN. He says, uh, I'm at an Italian restaurant in Beverly Hills with two priests and me. And one of the priests is just trying to enjoy just trying to enjoy our meal and a glass of wine. And the other priest is adamant about pitching me this movie idea. And then my wife had heard the pitch and I said and said, you got to do this. And then he told me the pitch again. I said, why do you keep pitching me this movie? You know nothing about movies in Hollywood. And then something just caught my attention about the story, which I just love that. The, the idea mm. like this priest annoying him about this story. Uh, well, and it, it happened in if it start if uh, Mark Wahlberg started working on 2016, it was only two years after Stuart Long died. Yeah. Or Stu died. Yeah. He only 2014, died in 2014. 2014. Yeah. Oh, OK. Actually, here's an irony, Dom. Yeah. The day we're recording this is June 9th and he died on June 9th, 2014. No way. Whoa. Wow. That... Eight years ago today, as we record this. Now, you'll hear this later, but yeah, the day yeah. we record this is eight years from when. Father wow, Stu died. Wow, that is. <laughs> well, this isn't even the day we originally were supposed to record it. We had to. No, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is fantastic. That is so funny. We when we recorded, we just did a Man for All Seasons, and we recorded that on Anne Boleyn's birthday. So, like, so, <laughs> it's, like, it's like kind of That's these funny. weird coincidences with these movies. But that is really awesome. Well, Father Stu, pray for us in heaven, uh, and exactly. we will pray for you. Uh, we pray for your soul too. Uh, he has not been canonized, so we don't want to presume. Uh, but. It it is really, I mean, it's not it's not the greatest movie ever made. That's you know no. I would, I'm not going to go no. that far, but it was it's it's a certainly one of the more enjoyable Catholic and I'm doing air quotes Catholic mm-hmm. movies that I've seen in a long time because so many movies that are pitched as you know religious movies Catholic movies especially today they're message movies that are like oh, yeah. they're and they're packaged and they're mm-hmm. you know sort of cleaned up and sweet and saccharine and this is not that movie and it's okay i mean it's got an r rating okay which yeah it's not a badge of honor to have an r rating i mean i'm not saying that but it's and it's for the language frankly mm-hmm. but the, like you said father this is language that people hear every day like i mm-hmm. yeah I, I you know i i do um scouts with my kids and all of the dads in the, in the scouts are all Blue collar guys, auto mechanics, plumbers, you know, mm-hmm. welders. These are guys who their hands are dirty and inside gross stuff all day long, fixing things. And they talk like anybody else, but that doesn't make them dumb. It doesn't make them irreverent. It doesn't make them, you know, it, yeah. and, and they're going to watch a movie. If they do, if they watch this movie, they're going to see someone like them. And mm-hmm. that's a yeah. good thing. You know, someone who like you watch a movie and you're like, oh, this priest who, never says a bad word and is, you know, uh, 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 I'm trying to think like the old fashioned, like Bing Crosby priest, you yep, know, in the old days, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with go, the movie going my way, but I'm saying no. like, if we're watching a movie today about someone's conversion, it's good mm-hmm. to see someone who's like me to convert. And I think that's really basically what I'm trying to say. You know, and, and, and props to, you know, EW10 and all the work they've done over the 40 or 50 years they've been in existence. And they've, you know, they brought a lot of people to Christ, you know, Mother Angelica and everybody on there have done amazing things. You'll never see this on EWTN. I can guarantee Absolutely you that. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, they've, but, they've promoted it there with the interviews, but yeah, they're not going to show this movie. But, yeah. you know, the fact is it did go into the theaters and it did very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It, 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 For a small a, they, independent they, they, movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, no, it's, this isn't going to be a, the next Marvel movie in, in grossing income, but 
it still did very well. It definitely made money. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Right. You know, we, we plan on showing it. We're doing movie nights in our collaborative mm. and we plan on showing it with a disclaimer, of yes. course, you know, do yep. not bring the kids to this one because yeah. even though they hear it in school, but I just think that, you know, I, I was also very attracted a lot back in the late nineties to a television show that lasted all of 13 episodes called nothing sacred. Oh, and oh, yeah. it was, and it was about, I mean, these these were some very stereotypical and liberal characters. Right. Mm-hmm. But their attempt was, I believe, honorable to try to show what a parish is all about, how different people come together with faults and failures and work, you know, are touched by God and work for the good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what this movie does. It takes an ordinary person having an ordinary life who ends up in an extraordinary situation and how he deals with what's given him that like maybe a lot of us couldn't have dealt with. And I would still believe that God only gives you what you can deal with with his help. Right. You know, that's, that's the basis of that whole thing. So See, maybe we should go back to technology because folks don't normally hear me talk like this. <laughs> this is the day job, folks. Well, that's Sorry. Good. Yeah. yeah, that's good. No, I'm glad that people get to hear you talk like this. Uh, so speaking of box office, Father Stu so far, I uh, just looked up, has made over $20 million. It's number 24 in for the year in 2022. So that's that's, that's good. That's, that's impressive. Not, that's impressive for, again, a small independent film. It's, it's distributed by Sony, but it's an independent and that's that's mm, pretty yeah. darn good. Uh, you know, I, I compare it in some ways to another movie. This one also made by Mel Gibson, The, the Passion of the Christ, which mm-hmm. was got an R rating for violence, Ugh. you know, yeah. and some people will cr- cr- criticize it. And they, that's fine that they, they they don't have to like it. Uh, no one has to like any any of these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was, you know, there's some criticism. It was it was too violent. It was glorifying in violence. And other people's response was, well, you know, the passion was this is the was the passion. And so what we do is, is we there's different things for different people, you know, and mm-hmm. and for some people, this is the sort of thing that will touch them for other people. Touched by an angel is enough to, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned Touched by an Angel or The Chosen to use another right. contemporary example, which is a fantastic. I love it. And I can watch it with my girls and I have no my you know teenage daughters and I have no problem watching with them. They, they're that's completely appropriate for their age. It's good to have a bunch of these different mm-hmm. things of different kinds. I, I wish Touched yeah. by an Angel had been done now because then mm-hmm. it wouldn't have the constraints of what it had back Mm. 20 some odd years ago, being on a major television station, not being able to use the name of Jesus, having to be very broad in how God is portrayed. Right. Right. I I would have loved to have seen them be like the chosen where they could get crowdfunding and and do it a little different. Cause I'd like to see, because their stories were great. I mean, the stories themselves, but I think they had to be a little more hokey at times. Right in order to allow it to slide in like that other show that there was a show on a couple of God years friended ago. Me. God friended me. Yeah. I was just about to bring I that liked, up. I liked, I liked that show. Yeah. But it got pulled. 
completely Aptitude unrealistic uh, portrayal of podcasting, but, but mm-hmm. frankly. Yeah, but, by the way, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> I wish podcasting was like like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was very much a millennial style of Touched mm-hmm. by an Angel. You know, it, it involves social media and some stuff like that. And it was kind of getting mm-hmm. into like mystery. Was it really God or was it somebody else and all this other stuff? Um, but, no, but that's relevant to millennials because yeah. they don't they they want, you know, the, these are the kids I taught and they want to know who God is and is he really real? And I don't, I won't believe in this is a direct quote. I will not believe in him unless he sits down by my bed and talks to me. <laughs> right. You know, oh, but that's you what they want. <laughs> but that's yep. what that's they, what they want. want. Right. Well, they, they live in a, a world where everything is virtual. So the real mm-hmm. and, 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 yep. if, and in some ways, the stew feels real in in this movie mm-hmm. in in he does. Mm-hmm. oh absolutely that's what you know one of the things to to like about it so is there anything else you wanted to, either of you wanted to say about father stew before we wrap things up so i i've got a few um you know why don't you go first joanne cuz i actually got quite a bit and it's, oh, it's okay, all kind of small stuff so why don't you go ahead first i'm just i'm just going to hit for for the catholic inside baseball folks um, when I, when I saw, when I, I was waiting to see how they would depict a regular Catholic mass. Cause that's, uh, that usually yeah. tells me where we're going mm-hmm. as far as how do we know what we're doing? And they went really, they, I, I thought it was pretty authentic for the most part, except we were using the words to the confidier prior to the 2011 changes. Oh, right. <laughs> I immediately yeah. caught that and I went. Yes. Whoa, we haven't caught up with the new missile, have we? <laughs> but it was the old it was the old words. It's the opposite. It's the opposite problem. Right. It, it's supposed to be portraying in the 80s and they were using the 2011 version. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the events <laughs> took place before the, the, the 2011 switchover. So oh, yeah. I'm sorry that that's what I meant to say. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, 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 it was the opposite. And I went. Wait a minute. What year is this? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So but that's the liturgical me. Yeah. You know, yep. whenever well, I, I see, noticed it too, whenever I see like a homily being given from the altar, I'm like, whoa, w- yep. in, in which world does that happen? <laughs> right, right. Mm. We're, we're not Protestant yeah. here. You know, the they other, were pretty good at that. The other thing I didn't uh, mention was the ordination, the whole depiction of his mm-hmm. ordination, mm. which was father. Was this was it a surprise ordination where he shows up no. at a local parish and the bishop is there to <laughs> ordain him? <laughs> Well, and the irony is they show an ordination picture that is clearly in the diocese of the Cathedral of Helena, yeah. St. Helena Cathedral in Helena. Right. And by the way, if you go and do a Google search for the Helena Diet, Helena, Helena Cathedral. Okay. It is one of the most beautiful churches. I would argue it's probably the most beautiful church in the state of Montana. Oh, wow. It is just stunningly mm-hmm. beautiful. And it's up on top of a hill in the city. So you see it from everywhere in Helena. Nice. It's just incredible. Oh yeah, I'm saying. But no, it was not here. a surprise. Yeah. It is. It was not a surprise ordination. He did have to fight for the ordination. That mm. is true. But he was ordained actually with his friend uh, Father Bard, who is still a priest of the diocese of uh, Helena. In fact, he works in the chancery now. This Father Bart, who was who was a consultant on the movie as well. Mm. Okay. Okay. So uh, yeah. So I, that was one of the uh, you know slightly unrealistic things. It was a nice moment in the movie to, to see, you know, the, the, this special moment and you know, mm-hmm. what's going on and his parents mm-hmm. are there. And so that was a kind of a nice thing. Also the, the physical transformation of Mark Wahlberg. I mean, he went from yeah. 
you know, fit yeah. boxer to heavily overweight. That wasn't a fat suit. He he put on that weight mm-hmm. in order to portray, you know, Father Stewart's degeneration. Um, yeah. Also, I mean, age too. Yeah, and age, yeah. It also should point out that uh, the language is more prominent in the first half of the movie than in the second mm-hmm. half. And it's a, yep. and, and Wahlberg had talked at different points about, well, he, he does that in order to show the transformation. It's part of his transformation. He's a different man by the end of the movie. And he does, mm-hmm. you know, this man you see is not just, not just physically. He just even acts and sounds like a very different person than that young man in the beginning. But when yep. he goes to the prison. Right. Mm-hmm. To he talk talks to, the to them as they need to be talked to, not yeah. as the holy priest. Right. In yep. training, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. Father? You mean to got join? Okay. No, I'm, I'm done. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I want to make sure you go, because there's, there's a couple little things or couple things that i got a kick out of first of all dom do you know braytac was his uh boxing yes, coach uh, tony, tony amandola. amandola i love tony amandola he's uh, he's awesome he was, he's He's awesome. Of course, for those who don't know, you can listen to Secrets of Stargate and hear about the character Braytac that he played oh, there you go. on that, um, which I thought that I, I, that was just cool. When he's I, been in everything. Yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. Um, one thing that only a Montanan would notice, only someone from Montana would notice this. Montana, for pretty much since we've had motor vehicles, has always put a number on our plates unless they're custom, a county code. On plates, unless you get like the, the, the custom plates, the vanity plates. And so there's a scene where he's drunk there at the cemetery and the cop shows up and it's a one plate, you know, county one, which is Butte, which is where he was at. That's mm-hmm. where it happened. And then they show him in getting out of the Lewis and Clark County jail, <laughs> which is all the county. <laughs> county one is oh. Silver Bowl County in Butte County. uh was it six? Now Montanans are going to get after me for this if they hear this. Uh-oh. I can't remember what I can't remember what what Lewis and Clark is, but Lewis and Clark County is Helena. Okay, the the the, the state capital. So only a Montanan would sit there and go, "Ah, you guys <laughs> messed that one up." Uh, but they showed him. Um, they showed him in Anaconda. They filmed in the city of Anaconda, which is also part of Silver Bowl, Silver Bowl County. You know, and that's mm-hmm. where his dad was. Uh, there was a, a road that I recognized because I've been on that road. It's it's near town of Phillipsburg, Montana, and it's in that part. It's near a road to Anaconda. So it's this beautiful road where it's the roads up on the side of the hill and you got the valley and they're driving. It's like I've been on that road. It's a beautiful drive. It's worth it. Nice. Um, I love the scenery because they did film so much in East in Western Montana. So much of that is very much uh, Western Montana. And then kind of a last thing, there's, there's the scene where uh, Stu shows up to the seminary for the first time and they have him turn in his wallet. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. <laughs> I Maybe mean, in a really short yeah. it does, <laughs> but I, I guarantee you I had my wallet and I had money coming in uh, yeah. while I was at seminary. So yeah. that doesn't happen the way they showed. I guess from a dramatic standpoint, they're trying to show the break from his previous right. life and that sort of right. thing. And that you can allow for that in, yep. in, in, in movies, but uh. exactly. And then I have to say, and I asked father chip about this and he agreed. His first confession scene had me rolling on the floor in the theater. <laughs> Only a priest would hear that scene and just start dying laughing. <laughs> when he went and to father confession? chip thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this the, how, how did, how did he say it? I'll, 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 make it uh, better for our, our audience, but uh, <laughs> clean it up a bit. Uh, I wrote yeah. it down here. Where, where did I get it? Uh, is this, I just rattle off the ways I <clears throat> up 
Yes. <laughs> pretty much. That's that's yeah. pretty much a confession. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's about yeah, it. That's it. No, so I, as soon as he said that, I was just dying laughing. It's like I could hear somebody in Montana saying that. <laughs> by the way, the uh, actress who plays Carmen, she did a really good job, by the way. She mm. did a really good job. Oh, yeah. She's apparently I haven't seen it, but there's a there's a Netflix series called Narcos Mexico. And mm. where she is a cartel leader, like wow, yeah, what a wow. what a difference in roles! Uh, wow, so, yeah. uh, she's she was really good. I I, I enjoyed uh, her in this. Uh, I, I, oh. That was a good character. Yeah, and she she's I guess she's actually fairly well known for like telenovelas down in Mexico. Yeah, she's on. Okay, I looked at her IMDb. She won all kinds of awards. She's one of the most prominent yeah. actresses in Mexico. So just a great actress. And I'm going to redeem myself in the eyes of Montanans. Helena is a five plate. County five. There is you Helena. go. There, okay. you go. there, I've redeemed myself. I, I do the same thing with movies set in Boston, so don't worry. But we all, yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah. No, Montana's are actually pretty proud of our our county plate system because you see someone like just happened the other day. I was in Great Falls and I saw some people from the county I used to be at uh-huh. or in my previous assignment. It's like I wonder if I know them. Yeah, <laughs> Montana sounds like a big neighborhood. That's what it is. it is. We call it a we call it a big small town. There you go. Nice. Well, I think that about does it for us. Uh, again, I mean, in the end, I, I recommend the movie. Uh, I think it's it's appropriate for, mm-hmm. you know, later teens and up, depending mm-hmm. on their sensitivity to language. But other than that, there's, uh, you know, this um, suggestion of Sue and Carmen, um, you know, having premarital relationship, but uh, yep. in one scene, uh, which they regret. And so that, that mm. you know, that uh, he goes to confession. But I recommend it. I, I think it's a good movie. I think it's well worth watching and it's inspiring, I think. Yes. And it should mention, too, I don't think we did it at the, the top of the show, but it is now available for purchase on mm-hmm. Amazon, Google, Apple, all those places. Yep. And, and by probably the, in oops, sorry. By the time this is out, it'll be available for rent too, uh, June 14th. Um, so, yeah, I just want to I just want the Blu-ray. <laughs> there you go. Yep. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And you can also buy the uh, the discs as well. Excellent. Very good. A lot of uh, a lot of good uh, conversation. I, I appreciate both of you doing that with me. So we want to take a moment before we wrap up to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of movies and TV shows, including Chris B, Sandra S, Stephen R, Donald S and Patrick R. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and TV shows and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. We would love to hear what you thought of Father Stew and anything we had to say about it. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash secrets or the StarQuest Facebook page or send an email to secrets at sqpn.com or visit our new StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. Until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Father Stu. Thank you, Dom. Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of movies and TV shows on StarQuest. <laughs> <laughs>